Introducing Pocket Cast, the powerful podcasting platform recognized by Wired Magazine as the podcast app every iPhone user needs and by the New York Times as the favorite among podcast experts. Pocket Cast is beautifully designed, easy to use, and helps you quickly discover and enjoy your favorite podcasts with over 700,000 shows to choose from. Download the app, now free at pocketcast.com. Hello and welcome to Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. That's me, Matthew Side. The meaty topics are back. No, we've missed those meaty <laughs> topics. Oh, he's in there, Rob. Yeah, we've missed this. Been a long time. It's been too long, hasn't it? It has. It's been a while. It's yeah. been three months at least. Three it? months. That's the last time we've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> You've disappeared into a black hole. I've had um, I've had time off. <laughs> I've had um, a technological detox. Oh. Just no social media, no yeah. nothing. Yeah, so you've it, been very quiet. Nothing, yeah. nothing. I'm not sure it agrees with me to be honest. I don't think it agrees with us either. We missed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have. Have we? We have. But it was was it quite nice not to have to be on social WhatsApp, media? Yeah, it's been, it's been brilliant. And... Just just bend it. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Bit of an holiday. Um, but you've still got your same clothes on from last time you came, Matthew. <laughs> and Rob, what have you come as? I've come decent today. I listen, the gym, I kind of got the gym shoulder saw, so I've, I've given up the gym for a couple of weeks. I was going to say, yeah, it looks, smart. looks like it. Yeah, it comes smart. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting a bit further back from the desk. And you've, you've had an unbelievable... I mean, you've probably had one of the most transforming summers of your professional career. You've got your own just... show on BT Sport, you've got a new show on Five Live, the Friday morning... By my mum's show, really. Val. Yeah, yeah. You've been on a few times. I've been on, it, well, enjoyed it. It continued from the World Cup when Fred yeah, yeah. came yeah. on the World Cup um, breakfast with, with me. Um, it grew and then Jono obviously thought it was a good idea to put on every Friday. Yep. And it's worked so well. Listen, the show works because the guests I have on and because of the, the camaraderie. Thanks, because of, it does, it, no, it does. <laughs> and, and my, and my mum's predictions. But it's all stemmed from the World Cup, um, the BT Sports show, um, um, Saturday morning, Sav, um, very... Eye-opening in the world of presenting. Very different. You enjoyed it, though? Yeah. Do you know what? It's, I get that nervous. And what yeah, I'm, still. Yeah. What I haven't realised is the planning that goes into your own show. When you've got your name on the show, it is the planning. So on a Monday, you start planning for the Friday and the Saturday show, and then you're putting wow. ideas with Mike, the producer, with Matt Curtis, my producer, on, on, my, on Saturday Mike, It's a st- different mic to our mic. No, mate. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, say it, Mike. <laughs> but it's... It's been, honestly, non-stop, and I haven't had time. The gym is now a second thought, honestly, because your name is on that show, and when you're sitting there and you, you've got high-profile people... Yeah. Ooh, Chris Sutton! High-profile... Where are they? Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> you, you're back, he's back. <laughs> he is, he is. So, but you know, the te- the, on the TV show... We were talking before you came, Fred, about... But well, you present TV, so you know about this. But as an outsider, it's quite interesting to hear the technical demands that you will have a guest answering a question that you've thrown their way. Then in your ear, you've got the person in the gallery saying, right, you need to look at camera six. Yeah. You've got to throw to the next piece yeah. of videotape. How on earth are you supposed to be able to listen to two people at the same time? 
well, you know, I, how have you found, I struggle I, with, with, with one thing at the same time. But, you know, also you've got walk and talk at the same yeah. time. Oh, no, not walking no, and talking. No, no man, how would you do it, bro? How do you walk and talk? <laughs> Tell you what, you are breaking new ground on television. Robbie Savage has put on TV walking and talking. Yeah, but wow! <laughs> what I'm, happened next? I, I'm You're not going to sit down and talk, are you? I'm good. I'm good. Try running and talking. <laughs> but I think you know Listen, what I mean. Listen, to this. I tell you what, you better clean your cabinet. <laughs> that trophy cabinet's going to be full. There's going to be BAFTAs, TV, quicks, all back. sorts. Fred is back. Might be horrible. I'm I've not. seen you. First time in three months and five minutes and you've been horrible. I've missed you. I've texted you. I've no yeah, response. I'm texting. worried about him. Mate, I get the odd text. Yeah. You okay? Question mark. It's fine. And then he's like, we're known about the detox. We wouldn't have taken it so personally. Six minutes in, he oh, comes. What, what, have yeah. you dropped any boo-boos out? Like? Yeah, I, yeah I, I lost so the I, just... I lost the auto cue um, once, and I just went blah 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 blah, and it was like what what, when I watched well, that it, anchor, I, I did. I, I lost it. I lost it, and then it's so difficult because then you panic. I panicked, you know. But listen, it's amazing. It's going well, um, and that's what I want to do. I want to present. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. present. Have you got a catchphrase? No, not yet. No, not yet. No. Not yet. Um, not yet, I haven't no, but mate, I've got We've to say... We've got to come up with one, haven't we? It's yeah, been we so need people to Twitter in on this catchphrase. Yeah. There's so much to Hashtag talk about. Well. The mini. The mini. Is Don't it gone? Talk. Mate, is it gone? <laughs> so put the mini in Auto Trader. 3,900. After you brought it back with 9,000 parking fines, crashed <laughs> a broken suspension and, and, four, suspension. and four broken <laughs> wheels, right? Fair as MLT. <laughs> I did fail the MLT. <laughs> fail the MLT. What happens when you buy cars off the internet? Yeah, fail the MLT. So I put it on a, I put on a famous um, site where yeah. you can um, get money for the car. I'm right. sure you yeah. can mention it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they put the reg in and they said three thousand six hundred quid. So our pal Steve took it to the place. Anyway, he come back and he went, "You're not going to like this." I said, "Why?" He said, "They've offered you two thousand four hundred." <laughs> I said, "What? I paid five grand for it. I've spent two on it. That's seven. Yeah. I've, the lights are fitted up now. The lights work on the front. Well, they got to pay. They got to pay for Philip Schofield messing about with cats <laughs> on advert. Corden no, went. Now they got Schofield. I've still got the mini. Yeah. I can't get rid of it. I'm not giving it away. I'm. I'm. As a matter of principle, I'm not giving it away. Right. I'm not giving it away. But it, it still moves. You can still get value from it, can you? Yeah. What I do now is, I, if I go at the station early, I leave at the station. So I get in the taxi. So to park in the car park on the weekend, it's four quid. Yeah. yeah? A taxi costs 10. So I'll leave it there yep. and then pick up next day. So that's eight. Eight quid. Yep. Wow. It's overnight. Tell you what. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? He, yeah. can walk, he can walk and talk. He can walk he can and add talk. Four and four. He's got a designated car <laughs> to leave at the station. Yeah. Robbie's cracking it, isn't he? Yeah, he's flying. What hey, are you well, doing, Rob? Come, come on, Matthew. What have you been doing? New book, this new summer. book. Yeah. Oh. Well, I've started research. Well, I had the, the kids' book came yeah. out well, at the beginning. Smashed of the it, that, didn't it? That did well. Do well I'm really there. pleased with that because I've been getting feedback from parents. That's a topic for the future. What are you more pleased by? Are you more pleased by the book or the royalties? <laughs> the royalties aren't that high. <laughs> no, but they're not that oh, high. Yeah, big the, advance, big advance. The price isn't that high for the book. But um, teachers, uh, parents, young kids, I've been getting letters through the post to the publisher. And that, for me, the me, you know, kind of the meaning of that, Knowing that you're having an effect on young people's lives, that has been... How to be awesome, the book is called. The book is You Are Awesome. You Are Awesome. Um, so thanks for the promo tweets when that came out. That was yeah. fantastic. Uh, a couple of holidays. River Greece. Greece. Uh, Centre Parks. 
How good is that? Is it, is have it you been good? to Centre Parks? I've threatened, it I've, I've threatened in the brilliant. past, but do you know what? Do you know the reasons I've not been to Centre Parks? Is one, I think it might be a bit busy. You'll, you'll get, it you'll get, busy. you'll get, and, and you'll get a hassle. And two, they don't give it away, do they? Yeah, it's expensive. It's you'll expensive. Get, you pay for your cabin, you get a bike, yeah. and apparently, if you want to go to jungle gyms and go ape, you're paying more. I've I've been to Centre Parks. <laughs> Good story about Centre Parks. First time went there with the kids. We got a lodge. Sarah's father come. I had a brand new. I was playing football at the time. I had a brand new car. What was a, it? What I, was I, it? I had a Merc. Ooh. It was an AMG Merc, Love right? Like new it. body kit on it. Second day I had it. So it was dark. It's not very well lit. So I said to the father-in-law, I'll just move the car. <laughs> Sit on a seriously, there's all boulders around the, the properties. Oh, no. And he reversed it on a boulder. No way. <laughs> and it was like, how would you say to your father-in-law, like, I want to really go mad, but my wife's looking at me. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, his name's David. I'm thinking, how do I get out of this one? Wow. So I had to get He's in the car. He's a lovely man as well, Lovely David, man, lovely man. Yeah. I had to get in the car, drive off the boulder and the body kit. I could see, As I'm driving off the boulder, I could hear the body kit oh. ripping off the car. Did he think he did it on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's a chavy car. That was my centre-packs. So another thing that happened, this is only like a week and a half ago, I did a column for the Times on Roy Keane. Are you plugging up a column here? You haven't heard it. Nothing's changed. So Roy Keane... Tell the story. He had a go at Harry Arter, because he's the assistant manager for the Republic of Ireland football team. Who's Harry Arter? Harry Arter is a midfielder from the plays team. For, he plays for Cardiff on right. the I think, oh, he's at Cardiff. Anyway, so Arter is in the medical room. And according to Stephen Ward, a teammate of Arter, Roy Keane comes steaming in and says, when are you going to train you effing this and that? He goes on and on at him. And I put this, and Arter is now not playing for Ireland. He feels that he's been treated I'm badly. I'm not going to lie. You look like you're on the back foot a bit. <laughs> I'm on the back foot. You, 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 you look like you dropped your shopping a few times. It's like the Olympics again, this. <laughs> it's table tennis. He's dropped his shopping. Before you carry on, can I just say, I knew he was in trouble. <laughs> when he's the one of the most intelligent man in the world, he phones me and says, "What would you do?" <laughs> <laughs> Just keep walking and talking. <laughs> I knew he's in trouble. <laughs> so I, I do a column saying, "You know, Keen, yeah. you can't treat players, you can't talk to players like that." And I put in the pattern of him having a confrontation with Mick McCarthy at the 2002 World Cup. He did a lunge on a football player. What's the name of the guy? Alvinger Haaland. Premeditated lunge. Really damaged his knee and Haaland retired quite soon afterwards. So it's quite a hard-hitting column. Hard-hitting? So next, was, day, oh, next day, next oh. day, I'm going to get a cappuccino at Whole Foods in, in Richmond. I'll go in. There's no signal. No signal. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Roy Keane's bricking it. <laughs> He's got to get a latte from Whole Foods to have with his quinoa. I bet Roy Keane, he's quaking in his boots. Hey, the pencil warrior. <laughs> so I come out and I've got this message on my, on my answer phone. Hello, Matthew. This is, this is Roy Keane. You in call, a, in, a, in, in a, your piece, you called him, you, you alleged, called him a bully. Oh, I oh. thought, see, I thought that was liable. Liable? Liable. Liable. Libelous. No? Libelous. That's it. Yeah. I thought I said that I said that to you on the phone, didn't I? Yeah. Actually you called me before. So I bet you glad you phoned him. But it's a really kind of softly spoken message, but I would have thought you would have the decency to phone me back. This is my number. I thought, gosh, I felt a little bit nervous at this point, given his reputation as a hard man of football. So I thought, who do I phone? <laughs> so I phoned Roberto. You're you're at the Champions League, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Before a game yeah. last week. 
And he said, do you think it's a spoof? And I said, no, it sounded like Keane. It sounded like him, sort of deadly serious. And I think I should probably phone him back. And I was getting really, really nervous. So Rob said, phone him back, phone me straight back, let me know what happened. Oh. So I phoned Keane. <laughs> Got to tell you, 25 minutes. And to give him credit, he defended his record. He said, you need to understand that you need sometimes to be hard if you want to be a winner. What was the tone of the conversation? Was it an argument or was no. it a discussion? He or said, he said, did he threaten you? He said, he, he, did no. you threaten him? <laughs> yeah, I said, I got the quinoa <laughs> here, mate. It's him with a <laughs> stick of celery <laughs> from Whole Foods. <laughs> And I, at the end of the conversation, I said, look, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to call, but he was incredibly strong on needing to know where the line is, but going up as far as possible to the line. But he doesn't think he's crossed it. I said, in my honest opinion, I think you have crossed it from time to time. But he said, if you want to talk to anyone about my... Why didn't you get on the side of the coin then? And your what? piece? Why didn't you get the other side of your coin? In yeah, I'm going, to put, I'm going to put a little bit in... A, Just a little an, bit. An upcoming, yeah, a little, <laughs> like, a little, a little tiny in brief. But I want to put his side of the story because, he, you know, I think it takes a certain level of ballsiness to make that call and to defend your track record. And he did it quite well. But there is, I'll just throw this in, Rob, because you know him well. There is, even when he's talking quietly, it's quite intimidating talking to him, even on the phone. I don't know if you found that in your personal interactions with him. Uh, I've never interacted, only only once. Oh, at the, what, the, uh, the airport and obviously yeah. the WhatsApp message. You know, then I see him at the airport, didn't I? You never know? face to face. Yeah, in the airport. Yeah, he, was, right. he was flying on holiday. I was flying, I was flying on holiday. And I said to him, you know, um, about the WhatsApp message, and we yeah. both laughed about it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the only time I've 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 had interaction with him, that's other than the player. You know, on the detox, I've been. That's a really interesting thing to do. The technology detox, because I've thought about doing it, because it can it can be quite incessant, can't it? You got to tweet, you got to get on Instagram, you got to keep your profile up, whatever. But you're saying that you, it, it didn't actually suit you. No, the, the, it suited me not to do that. He stopped oh, text like... messaging as well. <laughs> I've been texting. I'm ringing. I'm ringing. What's happened? He's in fact, he just stopped everything. <laughs> I just had it from. But you went to the Maldives, right? So I went to the Maldives. Went that to a place nice. called Amila Fushi. Oh, it was Beautiful. nice. Yeah. It was I really, it, 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 I went to Gili, Lankan Fushi. Did you? Yeah, right. well, oh, he was his top um, trumps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't say it now. He's just going to trump it, isn't it? I've not spoke to Roy Keane either. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was lovely. Um, yeah, 12, 12 days there. Yeah, um, watched a lot of cricket. Did you? Well, my kids have been playing, haven't they? Yeah. Right. So my younger set. Yeah, younger scored his first hundred, which was nice. Oh, well. I played in a game on Saturday with my twelve-year-old. We played for the second team for Old at Macclesfield. Did you? Yeah, last Saturday. Did you? Yeah. Thanks, well, thanks for the call. Well, there were shorts on. Well, you work on a Saturday, don't you? You know football. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you don't get it second team. Well, what do you want to do? <laughs> hey, how's your managerial career going? Oh. Yeah, how's the managing going? All right, Rob. Oh. Oh. Uh, lost 7 1 yesterday. Well, you're getting better then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, played a game with Milad. Um, it was nice. They were short the second team on Thursday. And I was a bit um and ah I said, go on, I'll play. So we went. I batted number seven. I got 17 runs. I didn't know what to do. There was a couple of kids balling on the other yeah. team. And I thought, well, I can't just keep hitting them for six. <laughs> and I did swear, not that I could. So I thought, I'll just knock it around and get ones. And then my lad was batting next. So I thought, I'll just stay. Corey, or yeah, Corey. So I thought, I'll stay until he comes in. I got it on pad. Right. LB. No. The worst decision I've ever had. They in gave my life. you out on a dubious I, LB. I knew the umpire. And a bit, I, I went to bite my lip and I passed my lad as he's gone into bat. And I sat there, I was I was angry. Yeah. I was far more angry than I should have been playing a second team game for all the edge. Never LB. Oh, honestly, 
up there with top two worst decisions of my life. So I said to umpire Chris after, I said, Chris, that was that was the worst decision I've ever had, like, or second worst. He said, that was out. I said, mate, come on. He said, oh, well, think about the lad, how happy he'll be. Oh. So I got rent a mug. <laughs> and then I fielded, and my lad got two wickets, which was nice. Oh, he? he got yeah. two wickets. So, yeah, it was good. Do you know when you play cricket, do, do you find that all of the technical details of how to bat does it come quite quickly to you when i play table tennis after a long gap it takes quite a long time to feel the ball again yeah I, I, the problem was do you know i well table tennis it's a table isn't it but cricket's different where i'm used to very good facilities i'm yeah, used to yeah. good pitches i'm not used to a wet wicket on a saturday yeah, afternoon yeah, yeah. and i'm unballing <laughs> 50 mile an hour on a length i didn't know what to do yeah so I, I got my head around it for a it's while. Same in table tennis, because I'm used to playing on Taraflex flooring, 100 lux of light, the table... Nobody cares. You beat me to it. Nobody cares. They have tables at centre parts. But you can't play. Cares. The bats are terrible. The but balls this, this, aren't this, this is something, right? This, this is how rock and roll my past few months have been. <laughs> I was watching a documentary <laughs> on BBC Four. Hey? Um, it, it was late at night. I'm, I'm wet in bed. I put the telly on. And um, it was about table tennis, the history of table tennis and ping pong. Oh, yeah. What, a couple of weeks you ago? You was on it. What's that? You was on it. Yeah, you well, you don't get on telly, won't you? It's <laughs> not um, the paper review. And you, you talk about it, but the game used to be so much better when it was ping pong. Yes. With hard bats. Yeah. Such a better game. They used to have these rallies that went on for ages. You yeah. have money games in America. Yeah. And then that Chinese fella popped in with sponge. That's right. Ruined it. Oh, you've actually watched it. Ruined what? it. That yeah. is, that's exactly what happened. 1952, yeah. a Japanese guy here, Roger Sato, turned up with sponge and spin and disguise. It was rubbish as well, but yeah. you just couldn't get it back. Exactly that. And table tennis in the old days. So it had the American guy, the money player, Marty Reesman. Yes. He became a really good mate of mine. And I'll tell you, whenever I went to New York, he was in his 80s, but he could still play brilliant ping pong. So yeah. this is with sandpaper. You can't get spin on the ball. And we're playing the basement of Harry Evans's house. Harry Evans and Tina he Brown. He says Harry Evans like we all should. Yeah. Oh, Harry, Harry Evans. Oh, he's Harry a Evans. Evo. Yeah. Evo, he's a former Brian editor. Of, brother. Yeah, <laughs> former editor of the Times and his wife, Tina Brown, who was a like editor a of Tatler. They had a table in the basement and me and Marty would go and we'd play for money. And you're right, Fred, it was an amazing Such game. Such a better game. Yeah, it was. You used to have rallies like 20, 30 goals rather than amazing. just your... Yeah, yeah. smash, bang, wallop. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Anything else, Summer? Um, no, it was a holiday, great holiday. Um, um, went to Barbados. Um, I, went, I took Stanley. I know. Hey. Stanley, come. Stanley, come. I, I saw you. I saw you at Papers, Corks in the Paps. No, I wasn't. No, yeah, you no. You go on that beach every year, right? It's a, it's a beach, right, in Barbados. Mullins Beach. Mullins Beach, round about Sandy Lame. Every year he goes, and every year he whinges that he's been papped. But he goes back to the same beach with his best clothes on, <laughs> calm dessert. Every year. And then you get his, no, oh, mate, you do pack me again, like, but no, it's, it's, it's like... Have I, have I moved to Newcastle? Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a Barbadian accent oh. because she was in West Indies. <laughs> so he, he winches every year, he's been packed with his belly out, but he's on the same beach every year. Like, here I am, come on, come and get me. What paper was that in? I missed it. No, it's, got, it's caused so much hassle in our house because my wife hates it. My wife absolutely hates anything like that. But so there are still... photographers, but they're doing it in a, from a consistent position. Yeah, like. and it's coming to but a But Robbie point insists now. they go and have the pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Come poor on. sir hates it, but Robbie's, nah, we're here now. We spent all this money on holiday. If nothing else, I'm getting it paid for. So, uh, to be fair, Stanley Cub, mate, can I just tell you a story? Think about me BT shirt. 
Joe, sir. <laughs> Get on that beach. Can I, can I just say something? So I took Steve and my friend, and I took Stanley yep. as, a, as a thank you to Stanley, yep. you know, for helping me out on yeah. 6 on, on this show. So I took him, right? Um, he come, he had a wonderful time. He's the only person I know ever to go to Barbados with more and come back with more money than he took. Hey, he come back with more money. Why? Do you know what he done? Do you know what he done? He was personal training there. <laughs> <laughs> On the side. Yeah, he what? was personal training. So in the in the where we were renting the villa, we were we were there and um like we got friends yeah. and um. Started. He didn't do you, did he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I drunk a lot. Just, I got, we got chatting and I said, oh, Stan's a personal trainer. So he helped um, a few people out. Hillary was one, um, helped a lot of people. So he actually got paid. Well, he was on holiday. He'd come back with more money than he went with. Amazing. Incredible. Incredible. Is that it? That's all we've done? There's nothing else happened? I'm trying to think what else I've done. I've not done... I've been cricket and holiday and... That's about it. Yeah. Did you catch any of the the, the test series? Yeah. England, did you enjoy it? Um, I did, yeah. Yeah. I did. I thought India were half decent. Yeah. I thought England were average. Alistair Cook. Oh, Alistair Cook. What a way to go, wasn't it? What, what a way to go. Unbelievable. Yeah. So nice. Started with 100, finished with 100. Did you yeah, have well, I played. Yeah. I played in his first one. I was captain. Yeah. I picked him. Only thing I got right is England captain. <laughs> and he, he finishes yeah. with an 100. Yeah. And... I think that's a bit of a tricky one, really, isn't it? Because you finish with 100. Yeah. yeah. And you think, no, good enough. have I done the right thing here? Right. Have I done the right thing? Half of him will be thinking, you know what, I'm glad it's all over yeah. because he played for so long, but still only 33. Then the other bit is like, I've got 70 and 140, wasn't it? Right. In my last test match, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I could have carried on. I reckon there might have been a thing just saying, you know what, why not have six months off? Yeah. yeah. Why not just have a bit of a break and then... Because I think if you're still good enough, you retire. I can't yeah, get that in my head. Me neither, because it's yeah. an amazing life. But I'm, not, but I'm not sure he thought he was good enough. Right. That's the. Th I, I don't know. I'm summarising yeah. here. But he's had a bit of a bad shot. Everyone's on his back, and he's probably thought, "I don't need this." And then that last test match, you freed up, aren't you? You just go out yeah. and play. And he's got hundred. Yeah. But I can't get you, my head round. If you're still, yeah. if you can still make those runs, surely there's a bit of use inside saying. I'm I'm still good enough. I I couldn't live with that. If I had no, retired I and there was something in me saying I can still do it, I couldn't. I live struggled with it. living with the fact that I retired when I didn't. There was nothing yeah. I could do about it. Yeah. That was injury, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So to think like yeah, You're you could still runs. be doing it, and then you, you get. But when you get to like my age now, forty, and you look back, and you're doing something you don't want to do, yeah. yeah, and you think, oh, you know what? I could have had another two or three years at that. Yeah. And it is a, it is an incredible life. Do you think that Cook will have something else that he can transition He's a farmer. into? Yeah, I know, he, and he enjoys it, doesn't he? He farms lambs. Yeah, but that's not going to earn him nine hundred grand a year, is it? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Matthew. <laughs> to be fair, Matthew. <laughs> to be fair, Matthew. A week ago, it was going to be Cook, Savage, and the Ping Pong Guy. On the topic of should you carry on, topic number one. Tiger Woods rounded off his comeback year in true Tiger Woods style. He won the season-ending Tour Championship in Atlanta by two shots. 80th PGA Tour title and the incredible thing, his first title for five years. Less than a year ago, he was 1,199 ranked in the world. He's been in bed for... Months of the time. He's been in bed, that is for sure. <laughs> He's been so, in a few beds, that lad. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Matthew. <laughs> That's when problems started. <laughs> He's been in a few holes at all. 
He's back. You missed us, have you? He's missed it. He's missed it. He's missed it. And he said he had spinal fusion surgery. So the question is, how hard is it? Probably out. <laughs> how hard is it? Oh, oh, too far, Matthew. <laughs> Got the flag in her out. So how tough is it to work your way back to the top? Where does this rank alongside other great sporting comebacks? Um, Roberto, you I watched it last night on Sky. You were watching it, weren't you? Yeah, incredible. I thought, you know, the pressure on those guys last night, Justin Rose as well, you know, on the, on the last, he's... he's He's putting on. He's he needs a birdie or a, or a, or a par for ten million dollars. Yeah, he, he won the race, the FedEx Cup, yeah. wasn't it? Wow! I didn't get another you know FedEx Cup. Yeah, I, I wasn't understanding it properly. So I think it's so a, yeah. Justin Rose won ten million. Yeah, for winning the FedEx. He had to be Cup. in the top five. I think. How many matches did he play? Did he play a lot? I think it's across the sea. I, I don't Is know that exactly. The tour? Yeah, the American tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. American right. tour. So it's he like won the race to Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he won it. So, but Tiger Woods, mate, the celebration for him to come back in that manner has to be up there with. He was written off. There's pictures of him on social media yeah. today when he when he got arrested. You know, it was just an incredible achievement. And I'm, you know, I, I'm not gonna say it's what like my greatest achievement. <laughs> you know, in terms of comebacks. I love the way you transition there. In, in comebacks, I'll tell the but story you, as we're talking yeah, about comebacks. You went through tough a tough period, didn't you? Tough periods. Yeah. Listen, nothing like Tiger Woods, but in terms of <laughs> fear. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> Feeling like, feeling low, feeling depressed, feeling worthless, having no self-esteem, feeling like it was all being taken away from me. Obviously, at Derby, when I went to Derby, I was getting called. You're not fit to wear the shirt. I was, I was made to train with the with the youth team. I was, how, how old were you? What stage of the I was career? 33, 34. Yep. Listen, Paul, you'll sign me. He thought I was a player. I wasn't. Was. Are, you, are you the first person ever they've said you're not fit to wear a derby shirt? Can't <laughs> <laughs> happen very often. I think the whole team was that year. <laughs> it was like, yeah. <laughs> so you can give it away, surely. <laughs> <laughs> He's so horrible, isn't he? Sorry, I've So anyway, um, we talk about comebacks. So I then wasn't good enough. I was, I was, on, I was the highest played derby at derby, or one of the highest paid. Come from Blackburn, come from being the captain of a Premier League side, to then getting relegated in the worst ever side. And the fans had every right. We were rubbish. We were poor. But then the mistake Paul Jewell made, and probably rightly so. My performances, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough and I let him down because I wasn't a player he thought I was. I yep. was not the one who was running around making tackles, being effective. I couldn't do it. You know, I, I was struggling injury-wise and to be fair to him, I let him down and I do feel sorry for him. But then that's where it takes... A club. This is where I got sympathy with other players. Who, sorry, Robert, it was through no lack of effort, though. No lack of effort, mate. It I was just, trying my yeah. best. I obviously tried my best, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. So... The club have then got a decision to make. Obviously, do they want me off the wage structure because I was highly paid? Yeah. I wasn't going to contribute. So, obviously, there was there's things you can do. You can train with the youth team, which I did. Have it, coming in on your days off when the first team are in. Um, you know, not turn, not coming to first team games. Going, I was in. A, in a, You're a pariah. I was You're, a pariah. Yeah, yeah, I was shopping on a Saturday afternoon. People, what's that? What's a pariah? <laughs> I'm glad you said that yeah, then, Rob, because you just dusted over yeah, that Have you read a dictionary in the course season? I know. You don't know what I'm, you, you thought it was a fish. That was a cat. Uh, you thought it was a fish with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> an, an, an outcast. Yeah, yeah, I was. So so I was shopping on a Saturday with my wife and people coming up to me saying, you're Robbie Savage. And I was saying, yeah, why aren't you playing today? Yeah. And I, I couldn't say, well, you know, I'm not good enough. It might be over. 
Honestly, man, I was going home. I was depressed. I argued with my wife. It was horrible. So then I go to Brighton. Then I go to Brighton on loan. So and Brighton, I think, paid £1,000 of my 23, 24 grand a week wages yep. to get me there so I could go and play. So <laughs> Mickey Adams was manager. Um, the chairman said, go and play for Brighton for a month. So I said, brilliant. Went to Brighton. And Brighton almost, I would say, going to Brighton almost saved my life in a way. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because you've gone from this... People, everybody knew, everybody loved to hate, part of my villain, to a, a, I felt self-worthless, humiliated, like just completely did rubbish. You, did you feel that your self-esteem took a hit? Massively, massively. Listen, uh, yeah, massively. Your identity was yeah, on the threat. Yeah, everything, yeah. everything. And it was, football was being taken away from me through, through no lack of effort, through basically, I was rubbish. I was rubbish and I couldn't run and all my game had to change. Had to change or I was finished at 33, 34. So I go to Brighton. So to the point where the Withdean Stadium, you turn, you, I turned up in, in my white Lamborghini at the Withdean Stadium. <laughs> I bet they loved that, yeah, didn't they? Exactly. I bet they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I pull up, I pull up, I pull up, I pull up. Mark next game. to Astra's, <laughs> Fiesta's, Brighton player. Um, B Reg. Bear with me, bear with me. So I turn up. <laughs> the, the, the steward on the gate I pull up with a white convertible Lamborghini the car with the car back's full he said oh you must be Mr Savage I said yeah I said where do I park he went pull up on the curb over there <laughs> the curb the car won't get up it can't get up I said you got any wood what do you mean I said well I need to put the wood by the curb so the, the car can get up there and I, so anyway it started a nightmare anyway, like my path this I know, so I, I know, I know. so get to Bratton Six games into my seven-game loan spell, I was rubbish for them. Went to Ellen Road with Brighton. We got beat 3-1. Um, Fabian Delph absolutely run rings around me. He was a youngster coming through, and it was like I was humiliated. Yeah. What was I? What was happening to me? Anyway, to the point, the seventh, the sixth game of my loan spell, I get taken off at half-time at the Withy. Brighton are 2-0 down against Leicester. They win the game 3-2. So after the game, I got one more game, my loan spell, right? Oh, Mick- sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mickey Adams pulls me and he says, Mickey Adams pulls me and says, listen, mate, you, I can't play in the last game of your loan spell in League One. Wow. I went, wow, what has happened to me? I can't even now. A year ago, I'm captain of a Premier League side. Now, I can't even get a game in League One. So he said, listen, I said, you've got to say I'm injured because if I... I'm finished. If I go back to the lads at Derby, humiliation, humiliated enough, you know, going back to the train with the youth team, although I would try and encourage, inspire them, mm. I'm worthless. Yep. So we come up with a thing. I was injured. Went back. I'm injured. Anyway, now what do I do? I've gone to League One. I'm no good. Can't get a game in League One. The club don't want me. The fans hate me. I'm a, I'm a mercenary. I'm taking all this money from the club. I felt did I feel bad about it? No, because they believed in me at the mm. time. So why should I feel guilty of taking the money? Yeah. yeah? People say, well, give it back. You're not earning it, which is nonsense. Nobody mm. would ever Not as that. if you're rubbing the noses in it, turning up in Lamborghini, <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> but I still believe, Fred, do you know what? This is the thing. We'll go back to Alistair Cook. Yeah. I still, about comeback, yeah. I still believe somewhere inside there was something there. And, I knew, I knew, my through all my career, I knew that I had to get every single ounce of ability, every drop of emotion to perform. And I knew it was there. I knew. And I just, something inside you. So I go back. Anyway, chairman pulls me and says, listen, the manager obviously does, still doesn't want you. You know, can you go to Wrexham? I went, that's non-league. 
I said, oh, wow. non-league. A year ago, I'm captain of Premier League side. Now it's non-league football in the space of a, that short period of time. And I believed, because of the wage I was on, it was a, they wanted me off the wage bill. Yeah. But I, I did everything right. When I went in, I was, you ask any of the youth team who was there at the time, I performed well, I inspired, I did everything right, I trained well. I didn't want to give the club an excuse to, to sack me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm now back at the club. The chairman's in the corridor. The chairman's in the corridor. You bear in mind, Fred, I'm on the highest, one of the highest paid at the club. Brighton paid £1,000 a week to my wages. They didn't want me. I didn't go to Wrexham non-league, so now I'm stuck. This is it. Where would you have parked in Wrexham? <laughs> at my mum's house. <laughs> at my mum's. Anyway, chairman sees me. Chairman sees me and yep. says, Sav, what are we going to do? I said, I've got no idea. And this is gospel truth. He went, in front of people, he went, Sav, right, do you know Anton Deck? Anton Deck, this is halfway through the season. Anton Deck. I said, why? He said, can you get yourself in the jungle for three months? What? (laughs) This is the chairman of the club? Yeah. Wow. Honest to God, mate. Wow. So now I'm thinking, wow. Playing for who? <laughs> is it who you're gonna put? I've gone to Wrexham. So now I'm finished. Now I've gone from a Premier League club, yeah. captain, isn't it? Yeah. European football. Yeah. So now the chairman saying, get yourself in the jungle to I'm a celebrity for three months. So now I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. I'm finished. There's no there's no way back. Yeah. This is me done. Finished. I thought, right, anyway, Paul Jewell then gets relieved of his duties. And Nigel Clough is getting the job. And what happens then, and it's true, when a manager goes into a club, they say it, they'll look at the whole squad and they'll judge them on your performances in training. So first and foremost then, Nigel come in. And listen, I owe Nigel so much to my life. What a great man. Honestly, my sanity, everything is to Nigel Clough, really. Honestly, it's true. He then integrated me back into the first team squad, 25 training. And my performances in training were good enough to, to say, yeah, I'm going to get you back involved. Then I got back involved, yeah. Then he made me captain, you know, through sheer hard work, determination, kept believing, made me captain. And then I went on to win the club player of the year. The fans singing my name. So when you talk about comebacks... what, what uh, how, So how long after the low point... Did you reach that high point? Is that like one season later? Probably six months later. So, so, so I've gone. From, I've gone from worthless. Amazing. But what what changed? Because you you said you knew that you do summer. I knew. But so what? What, 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 what was holding you back? So what, what happened, was it? So what yeah. happened was in training, Fred. He seen that I would be a good number six. So basically, because I couldn't get around the park as much as I used to, even though in all the bleep tests in pre-season I'd be top because I kept myself exceptionally fit. But in terms of the dynamism, I couldn't yeah, get yeah, there right. sharp. Yeah. But in terms of, if I had to do a cross-country... Yeah. Endurance. Endurance. I, I was beating everybody yeah. on the bleep test. I was getting 18-19 at 34, 35. Was it? Yeah. 18 and 19 at 34, 35. Wow. So my endurance was always there. It was just that sharp, dynamic movement. People saying my legs are gone. People saying he's a wrong one. So... In the six-month period... Of- Who was saying that? Nobody's ever said that. <laughs> Nobody has ever said that. What? You were wrong. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. But you get that because they see the hair, they see the t- everything. The teeth, see- you're going to say teeth. Yeah, they see the eyes. They see everything, yeah. right? They see the cars. So anyway... <laughs> they so- can't not do, can they? <laughs> no. So what Nigel Clough then done, is yeah. he see me as a number six. He said, get the ball off the back four because I could pass the ball. I could keep things ticking over. Use my experience. So in terms of comeback, I've gone from probably the most hated man in Derby, 
with the fans, you're not fit to wear the shirt, to, to being offered to go in the jungle on, as the highest paid player at a football club, to then having the greatest comeback of all time in terms of my eyes, just goes to show, never give up, keep believing. Because I knew, I knew. How long did you play for after that? Another three years. And he gave me another contract. Wow. And then at wow. 37, I was nearly 37, I could have probably stayed and been, gone on the coaching staff. And do you know what the, what the great man done? He might take this trait from his father. Because I was all experienced, he knew I looked after myself. If I played well at the weekend, he would say, see you Friday. And he would give me that belief. And then he was amazing, mate. Honestly, and for my family, he was just goes to show how important family are. He said, go home, spend time with your kids and your family. He knew what I'd been through. And he almost not saved my life. Not saved my life. Okay, you could say he did a little bit because he gave me that self-belief and that that passion and that energy back. And then I finished then on my own terms. So in terms of comeback, to go from that to win the player of the year and be, now if I go to Derby, they, they love me, yeah. is is massive. So You said but your life if would have been very different now yeah, if that wouldn't have happened. Massive, so, yeah. yeah. I don't know what I'm afraid. I, at 33, I, I don't think I could have done, I don't know if I'd have come into this job. I don't know what I would yeah. have done because in my head, it would have been football's been taken away from me before I've taken football from me. And I, I don't... But that's what I had. I don't think I could ever accept that. That's I, would why ne- I, would, I don't accept it. I, I, can't, I couldn't. Well, I don't. Yeah. Cricket. It's, it's strange. You, yeah. you sort of you came back into 2020 and took Lancashire to the final, right? Well, I didn't take him to the final. That, that, that's probably um, a, a massive exaggeration. Yeah. I um, What happened was, I got told when I retired by the knee surgeon that you're never going to run again. Um, and I had this operation called an osteotomy where they break your leg, they straighten it, I got a clamp, they take your hip out, put it in your knee. Wow. And he said, you're never, you're never going to run again, you're never going to ski, you're never going to... I, I don't ski anyway, so I don't bother about that. <laughs> um, so it was all these things I couldn't do. And then that wasn't for trying to get back to play cricket, that was so I could walk nicely and I could mm. I could use the gym, my knee wouldn't hurt. And then when I boxed, um, I had that brief encounter. Mm. I was actually thinking, you know what, if I can do this, I could probably play cricket again. Right. And the best thing that had happened, I tore my shoulder so I couldn't do it. And then I was drifting and then... Some I can't remember how it happened. It was in the nets. I was bowling. I thought, you know, I'm all right. And I bowled at the first team at Langston. It was coming out all right. And decided in my head, I might have a crack at this again. Mm-hmm. There's so many reasons not to. But where I was different to Robbie was I played two or three games before I played in the final because someone got injured on finals day and we became so close to winning it. But I wasn't good enough, to be honest. Um, not so much. I could bowl quick enough. But my, my whole game was based on pace yeah. and intimidation. And I could do that at 85, 90 mile an hour. Yeah. I can't do it at 75 and 80. And I wasn't that skillful. So the worst thing about Your it was... Your was still very good though. Yeah, but I didn't really get the chance because there was better batters than me or they right. thought they weren't better, but they thought they were. <laughs> and so I used to back down the order. Um, but the strange thing was where Robbie's different and then essentially Tiger Woods was a horrible thing for me was you make a comeback and it wasn't the thought of, wait, I see it was thinking, am I doing the right thing here? And then you stood at the end of your mark with a ball in your hand looking yeah. at a kid that you don't even know who he is, yeah. thinking, I've not got enough for him here. And although it was brilliant. Self, self-doubt. Wait, but it was self-doubt and I've doubted myself all the way through my career and I've asked questions but the answers that came back were always positive. It was like, no, I'm yeah. not right. See, I can, I'll get through this. I'll find. Don't worry about it. But when you start asking yourself questions and you're unsure mm. and you don't know what's going to happen. 
Do you think as well? Do you think when you're Mark, when you were coming back, do you think the batsman, whereas in your in your prime, you they'd be there thinking, wow, this is going to be tough, and you're b- believing that in your mind. But then, do you think they would think that he's he's gone? He's only coming back for. I don't know why he's coming back. Do you know what I mean? So you didn't have I, that I th- I think intimidation the, I, factor. I, th- I think the difference was when I when I was stood at the end of my mark with a ball in my hand when I first started playing 2020 cricket, my record was really good. And I said at the end of my mark, I wasn't even thinking about where they're going to hit me, what shots they're going to play. All I was thinking was, I'm getting you out. Yeah. I'm just going to get you out. When I came back, I was stood at the end of my mark thinking, oh no. <laughs> I was looking at the field. I, I wasn't seeing fielders. I was seeing all the gaps and I was seeing the ground seem to be smaller. And I was thinking, I've not got enough for you here. Yeah. And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Mentally, the, the first retirement was pretty much determined by the fact that your body wasn't bearing yeah. up injury. But the, Whereas the worst, but the worst thing t- about it was when I retired, not from a batting point of view, but I got that back. I was 31. But from a bowling, I was at my best. I was yeah. bowling faster. I'd figured yeah. it out. I knew what I was doing. But and did then, that make you feel angry? That, that you had the ability, you had the talent, you had the... It still accuracy. bothers me. Does it? It still bothers me. Yeah. I close my eyes every night, right? Wow. And I go to Amazing. sleep and I think about it. <laughs> you would not believe the number of dreams I have about cricket. No way. And it does me in. I wake up in the morning and I almost convince myself that I've played and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm not a cricketer, am I? I'm going to go and do a podcast. It's horrible. <laughs> no, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, horrible. Do, I, do, you, do you dream about football, Rob? Man, I wish every day I was playing football. Every single day, but I know it's amazing. But, but I can't because, because I can't. No. I can't now. You know, I don't even play. Matthew, the worst thing was was, play, was about... play, but playing on Saturday with my kids, right, my lad, and I loved it. Don't get me wrong. And I had to go and chase the ball, and I had to throw it back to the keeper, and I can't do it. My, my shoulder yeah. came off, and I can't throw. And then at that point, I've, I've realised I can't even throw a ball it's anymore. Like, it's it, horrible, it, it's like, Matthew. It's like that. I played five aside with all the gym guys, um, Clive, Andy. They have a they have a five aside thing, and I played on a Tuesday night. Me and Stan, Stan come and I took my Charlie, my son, and I played right. And do you know what? It made me realise I can't play football again because when you've played in the Premier League and, and play for your country, and then you play with people who who do it for the love of it. They turn up. They're, they're so ambitious. They love it, and they think they're good. And then you turn up yeah. and I'll play a pass, which I've seen, but these guys haven't seen it. And yeah. then it makes you look bad. Yeah. And then you're coming off thinking, he played in the Premier League. I could play in the Premier League. Yeah. And it's like, I, I woke up next morning, I couldn't move my leg. And this is just from half an hour, five aside. And I'm just thinking, I can't play anymore. So for me, as much as I wish I still played every single day, I know physically... I cannot play. Yeah. And I can't play with my mates because... They're, they're not good enough. They're not good enough and I'm too good. But it's like <laughs> something is natural. Like for him, football, me, cricket, mm. it's like one of the things that comes in some ways most naturally. Mm. And the one thing you gravitate towards, yeah. it's almost like walking. Yeah. And it's, hey, I, I'm, I talking, talking, I'm talking. I'm talking. I can't play and talk. <laughs> but he, and then it's just taking away. It's, it's the bizarrest Fred, thing. I look at your life, okay? And it's almost the perfect transition. You've got a league of their own. You've got the podcast. Yeah, you, you are you are a claim. You've got, you've got the presenter in Australia. Did like an equivalent of the Question Time at one point. You've got all of these endorsements here, and yet you still look back on on playing a game with a with a little red ball and stumps. That was for you a more enjoyable existence, much yeah, more. But I, I didn't want the transition. 
the transition happened. But I want, and I can see Tiger Woods like why he wants to play golf and yeah. why the hunger's still there. Yeah. If you think you can do it, you've got to find out. And isn't it interesting? In, in it's incredible comeback. Woods. Incredible. So he's comeback. had two. Funnily enough, he's had two different things happen at the same time. He's had your thing, Fred, with the injury, the spinal fusion surgery. I think he had three general anaesthetic operations in the last eighteen months. But he also had the mental attrition that you experienced after that massive scandal that we alluded to earlier and everyone thought Tiger Woods is completely different to what he had presented all of those years. He wasn't the clean living family man. He gave that really toe curling press conference where he oh, said it was, sorry, wasn't, it? Yeah. wasn't it horrible? And Knight was sat in front row. Yeah, Knight was sat yeah. in front row. And he went through what I think must have been in personal terms, a massive metamorphosis. You know what I mean? Suddenly people are... Wouldn't it be harder for him as well, Matthew, because he was the best. So yeah. for him to finish, so for me to get back playing the championship yep. was... Good, yeah. But to be the best, yeah. To be the best and, the, and one of the, if not one of the best ever, yeah. For him to finish, I'll be a thousandth in the world. Every time he got on a golf course, people saying, "Well, oh, he has gone. He is rubbish." That must be even harder. But, but I think it was probably harder still. The fact that for many, many years he'd turn up on the golf course, he was a hero, he's idolised yeah, yeah. across Middle America, across the world, and people thought he had this wonderful, wholesome lifestyle. And suddenly, the seediness. And people are saying he's lost the role model, he's a fallen idol. And he had to deal with the fact that people, his competitors, were looking at him and thinking he's vulnerable. We can get at him now. All of that invincibility is gone. I mean, for me, in some ways, I mean, we were watching it last night, weren't we? I think this is one of the most impressive I comebacks. I, 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 I watched it, and like everyone else, you're rooting for Tiger Woods. Yeah. You're rooting for him to win. Yeah. But then... It, it it really staggered me at the same time as well, because only what a few years ago, yeah, everyone is hammering him, yeah, and he's walking down that fairway like he's he's come back from a wife threatening illness, exactly. Everyone's the, saying, oh, oh this, that, and the other, yeah. and they're talking about him and saying, oh, it's brilliant, everything he's been through. Yeah, Hang on, he's been bed hopping. <laughs> it's like so. Everyone's going on about yeah. it. This is the stri- This it's is the thing like, about yeah. sport. Yeah, it's it, true. He's there, and then I'm sat with a missus, and we, we watched the clothes. Oh, and- yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> but, nice. Yeah. No, but we sat watching it in bed. Yeah, and then she said, "You got to feel. Oh, I feel sorry for him." I said, "You weren't saying that a few years that's ago." That's exactly right. And it's, it's such. A, I, know, I know he had the other stuff where I don't know the painkillers and various yeah, stuff, yeah. whatever. But. You know, and all of a sudden the tide has turned, and he's doing that, and he's getting emotional at the end, and everyone's buying into it, and you think. Hang on a minute. I thought, I Where were all you what, a few yeah. years ago when he needed it? But that's maybe that's one of the things that sport does. It's kind of like redemptive, isn't it? You you, you win a big, you know what I mean? Uh, you win a big yeah. tournament. Wait, what, and, do you and, what do you mean you win a big tournament? Look at me. Hey. <laughs> no, I say redemptive. Like, redemption, you oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Robbie, the story you just told, that blows me away. Yeah. What what Where you, you're in a hole. You were at the, yeah. the rock bottom People were questioning you. You were afflicted by self-doubt. You said you were having problems in your marriage. You said it saved my life. You said off-air. You problems in marriage. You said you had a couple, of, you had a couple of suicidal thoughts. Talk. It got that bad. Yeah, of course. And then you found somebody who believed in you, but you believed in yourself. When I say suicidal thoughts, Matthew, I don't Fred, mean su- 19 like, on the bleep test. That shows the work ethic yeah. that he's demonstrating the whole time. No, suicidal thoughts, man. Not, not suicidal thoughts. Just the thought of, I'm worthless. I've got nothing left. I've gone. Amazing. I'm... I've, somebody's taken football away from me, so not suicidal thoughts. Just the thought of this is me. What am I doing? What is? What am I here for? What am I? I'm letting my wife down, my kids down, my parents down. I am worthless. That's well, how I felt. Was it? Was it like 
a fear of this is coming to the end? Yeah, massive fear. Or was it a fear of I can't do this? No, because I knew I could. You I knew, knew you I could. could. So I why was it. you having all them thoughts then? Because I might not just just think of it. Why, why when you went to Brighton? Yeah. Did you have a little bit of a stinker if you thought you could still? I don't know. Do it. It took someone just to I was believe in, the, in you. It's a different way of football, Fred. It's a different way of football in League One to the Premier League. Right. And it's like everybody expects things of you, and you think match fitness is completely different to training. So I've gone into these matches two or three a week, and I'm. I am struggling. I was giving the ball away. I was looking at passes, as we said, with my mates. Listen, they were good players. Glenn Murray was there. Mm. And the camaraderie and the lads hammered me. But they, that's what kept me going, that banter. Mm. Yeah. That, that's that, what I miss from my table tennis yeah. career. It's, it's, so, it's that more than anything else. But the, listen, the it, it's, it, it's, but so now to be sitting here, finishing football on my terms, yeah. I, I can rest in peace with it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Amazing. Uh, Fred? Greatest comeback in cricket. If you had to pick one person who was rock bottom and you thought that person's finished and they came back and delivered. David Steele. Yeah. Came back in his 40s, didn't he? Yeah, Bob amazing. Simpson. Yes. Captain Australia. Yeah. It doesn't really happen, though. David it, Steele, BBC Sports yeah. Personality of the Year winner. But it, it doesn't really happen. It, yeah. it, it doesn't happen. I think golf's one of them few sports where it can happen. Because he said something yesterday, Tiger Woods, in his interview, and he was walking down the fairway and they said... Oh, we would, and he, he said, "Well, I can't run anymore." We well, don't have to. Yeah, that's true, you know, you just actually. have to walk, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Golf, walk. Yeah. Right? You don't even carry your own bag. Yeah, Tom Watson nearly won the Open when he was like sixty. Exactly. So you've you've still got a chance. Mm. Whether this is the big comeback of Tiger Woods, do you think he'll win another major? I'm not sure, to be honest. I I, I, I don't know. He's got these guns. What are some of those shots? Well, last yeah. him, yeah. I, I, red. I, I, listen, wasn't it great to see the red, the red and black the trousers, red and, red and black, brilliant, red but, and black trousers. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but didn't. Do you still think, do you know when you looked at Tiger Woods on a golf course back in the day? Yeah. He had this aura yeah. of invincibility. Uh, that's the one. Yeah. About he doesn't have it anymore, does he? It's not there, is it? He looks a bit aged, his hair's going, he looks a bit haggard. <laughs> he does, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah. He, he, he it just looks a bit older. Night. It looked there last night. I don't think it did. I so, think so you would say no for another major? I really hope he does. On, do you know what, on, on the same side of this, do you know when someone comes back and then they lose a little bit of the roar and you've got to find it. Yeah. Ben Stokes. Yeah. Right? Ben Ben Stokes goes through what he's come back from. Yeah. And to me, I, I watch him play and it's not the same Ben Stokes at the minute. There's that unsure... To me, there's a bit of an unsureness about him. And I, I, I had a few misdemeanors, nothing like what he did. Yeah. And then when you come back from that, and Tiger Woods, I'm sure, is that... You're aware of people's perception yes. towards you. That's exactly right. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, earlier. yeah. You, you, you're right. aware of what people are thinking. Yeah, and that does rub off on you, and yeah. you become a little bit unsure. You're not just trying to win a game; you're trying to win people over again. You're trying to find your feet again. And Tiger Woods has obviously been through that, and I think Ben Stokes is going through that a little bit. He's doing all right, mm. but it's not that Ben Stokes that we saw yeah. pre his trial. Yeah. And it takes a while to come back from. Totally. I hope he does. And I'd love to see Tiger do that as well, but the jury's out it's a gonna, little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be interesting. If I had to put money on it, I'd say he will win one. And I definitely want him to. And I was one of those five years. How, how many years ago was it when he had that complete meltdown? Did you hammer him in the column? Didn't hammer him. I'll tell, you what, I your... thought, I'll tell you what I thought was... Hey, I'll tell you what. <laughs> hey, let's, we've got to move on. Cipriani. Yeah. Cipriani, Yeah. Oh, you've ruined it, man. Another week. That's another <laughs> week. Hey, should we do that next week? Oh. As a topic. Interesting topic. 
one. Download Five Lives Checkered Flag podcast for post-race interviews, analysis, and reaction. This is the greatest race of the year, and this is the greatest crowd, and thank you so much for your support. Download the Checkered Flag podcast now. bbc.co.uk slash Five Live or use the podcast app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. One on Five Live. Okay, topic number two, Anthony Joshua. Oh. Keeps on winning. Saturday stopped Alexander Povetkin in the seventh round in his 22nd professional fight. In his last five fights, he's been watched by 400,000 people. So, Fred, you're a massive boxing fan. We know that you rate Tyson Fury yeah. potentially to, to, to beat Joshua. Will they fight? We don't know. Who's going to be next? Where do you see Joshua's trajectory from here? Do you know what? On Saturday, I thought he was good. He was one nil. let's be yeah. honest. He goes in the ring, Povetkin. Everyone's talking about Povetkin and saying, oh, it's, an easy, it's not a walkover him. Olympic you see what he did to Price. Yeah. You Olympic see his champion. record. He got beaten by Klitschko on points, yeah. his only loss. You know, there's a few things surrounding him with drugs and all that type mm. of stuff. But he's an hard man. He punches. And he came out and Povetkin, for me, it looked like what everyone says. He, he had a chance early in the fight. Broke his nose probably in the first or second round. Yeah. Put Joshua under a little bit of pressure, rocked him a little bit. And then the impressive thing from Joshua was he kept his composure, kept going, finished him in the seventh. It, it was a, it was a it good, was good does performance. It, it but change? then if you're Wilder or Fury watching that, I don't think you're watching it thinking, oh, wow, look at that. They're thinking, you know what, I'll have a bit of him. Podcast last year, I think it was, we were talking about a potential future matchup between Joshua and Fury. You were at that point thinking, you know what, you'd probably go with Fury. Yeah. Still? Yeah. But did, did it not speak in volumes the fact that after the fight, yes. uh, when, yeah. he, when he does his interview and he takes over and he starts talking, that Fury's not even on the radar. Yeah. He mentions Wilder. That's true. He mentions Dillian White, who I reckon would give him a proper they, fight they, now. But, but they fought before. Yeah, but Dillian, Dillian White's a better fighter and Dillian White had a little bit of success against him. But I, I just, what is it about Fury? Doesn't want if if Fury beats Wilder, which I hope he does. Surely the next fight's got to be. But he's not even mentioned it. Okay, well, listen from a from a cynical point of view, you're Eddie Hearn, you're a promoter, yeah. And listen, I'm I'm an, I'm a I'm Joshua is a fellow ambassador with me for a for a, a big company, right? And I and I've I've sat down with him, I've talked with him, and he's a great what, bloke. What what's what is he like? Great one on one. Great, yeah. Highly professional, yeah. Different to his public persona, yeah. But really nice guy, honestly. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, in, yeah, brilliant. But what I'm saying is, the cynical point of view is, you've boxed, and <laughs> I, I've never boxed. Well, you can call it. Well, you've you've <laughs> been in a, form of you, boxing. You've been in a ring, right? <laughs> right. So the cynical set part of me says, short career. These guys are putting their bodies, their lives on the line when they go in every time they go in the ring because yeah. heavyweights, when they punch, yeah. they all punch extremely hard, right? So, <laughs> most of them, yeah, most of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cynical part of me says, if you're his promoter and you're why, w- so if you can get 20, 30 million, if he can sell at Wembley again on April the 13th, Dillian White, who's he's already beat, who shook him, who rocked him, yeah. why would you not take another fight for 20, 30 million quid? Then wait for the winner, Wilder Joshua. That's another 50, yeah. 60 million quid. Yeah. So why on April 13th does he have to fight a Wilder Fury? The public will want that. That's the fight everybody wants. 
I, I'm with you, Fred. I can't understand why Fury would be his third choice. Is he the most difficult? Is he? The but most I awkward? understand why he fought Povetkin yeah. because he was mandatory. mandatory. But now he wants to keep his belt. So I understand that. That's April, fine. But April, now, cynically, April the thirteenth. If you got an opportunity to fight Dillian White, who might beat him, I don't know. He rocked him, but I would say he's already beat him. That's what the public don't want. Joshua, after the fight, said, "Listen, we'll put it on social media. Who we, I fight for me." I'd like him to see, no matter what happens, the winner of Wilder Fury. But the cynical side of me says that why if you're Eddie Hearn, why yeah. not milk it for a bit and then have that fight in a, in a next year, or sorry, in, in, in a two years, when you've made another fight? That has, has to be the next fight. Why does it? has to be why the next fight. If you're going to go around and say you're champion of the world, which whoever you are, I'm not saying Joshua or Fury or anyone, and you walk around with all your belts yeah. and you're carrying on and all the marketing... Or you, everything you talk about is the best in the world. You got to fight the best. Remember, and Rob. the perfect time. I, I agree with but you. But a perfect time, you got Wilder and Fury fighting. I agree with you. He has to fight the winner of that fight. I, totally I reckon he'll be hoping and praying Wilder wins, Wilder wins that fight. I agree. I, I reckon. Yeah. No, so I, I, agree. I. I also think. Do you know when he spoke after the, the fight on Saturday? Part of me thinks maybe he is dodging Fury, but then part of me also thinks. He don't want to give him any airtime. He just doesn't want to talk about him. He's on a rival network. Hasn't he blocked him on he's Twitter? On, Fury has, yeah. yeah. He's on a rival network. He's, he's on all this, that. I don't, I don't think he wants to give Fury airtime. He's hoping that Wilder beats Fury and he fights Wilder. If he doesn't uh, uh, then fight, Matthew. So then if, if, Ern is. Ern's open. Ern he's on his knees every night, him. Yeah. Wilder or Fury win and Joshua doesn't take the winner on and he goes with Dillian White. Yeah. What does that say about... Joshua and his camp. Well, if you look at the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time, take Muhammad Ali. He fought Liston twice, Frazier three times, Norton three times. He took on the toughest challengers. That's one of the reasons why, I mean, he fought Foreman once. That's why he's regarded as the greatest. He never ducked a challenge. I understand what you're saying. Commercially, there's a risk of taking a big challenge. Maybe you lose. Maybe you lose that reputation for being the greatest. But you know what? That's how you get respect in boxing. But he's fought Klitschko. By the way, fought Klitschko and he's fought Povetkin. That's true, but everyone wants to see him. By the way, Eddie Hearn has... You're going to be... He talks about legacy all the time, which... I I struggle with that a little bit. Just do your job and then your legacy will follow. But you can't if you if he wants to be this, he has to fight one. He has to fight one of them two. But if he's lads. got an opportunity of another, he not listen. Every time you go ring, it's hard, as you as you well know. But if you've got an opportunity of fighting Dillian White in front, what's of he me, got though? What's he got? He's not got a belt. He's got nothing. He might have a, a funny belt. But what, <laughs> yeah, what but what's he got? It's another thirty million quid. Huh? Yeah, yeah, but this this is the problem. Money now. Anthony Joshua has had these fights. He's 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 fine. He's got a few quid. He's not fight. If he he talks, he doesn't talk when he fights. He goes in a press conference. He doesn't say, "Well, I'll take a fight for twenty, thirty million pounds." He talks about legacy. He talks about what he leaves behind. Well, fighting Dillian White's leaving nothing behind it because he's beat him. Or I agree with that, hundred percent agree. I would I want to fight see Joshua fight Dillian White on April thirty. No, I want to see him fight Fury or Wilder. And for me, I hope Fury wins. Listen, I'm a. Listen, we know Tyson Fury. We'd love him on the podcast, wouldn't we? I think that it's the fight which I believe everybody wants. And if Fury wins, if then Joshua takes the Dillian White fight, that's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we, we don't know. How do big it? do you think Joshua could? Let's say he does take on the big fights. He wins the big fights. People were writing off boxing 15, 20 years ago. They said that it isn't in keeping with the modern age, it's too violent. It's well, still when, growing. When, when is it going to get banned? Exactly. When when is boxing 
people smashing each other up, concussion, brain damage. And you look at all these different sports now. Where if in cricket, if you get hit on the head, yeah. when you're well, UFC is the biggest, you get three America, months. Though. You get three months yeah. off, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I, I love it. So, but yeah. I, it, I enjoy watching. It's it. just a contradiction, isn't it? It is. You got it's two like, men in a ring punching each other in their head till they fall over. UFC, but you can't do all else. UFC is absolutely massive. Well, Khabib against McGregor will probably be one of the biggest pay per view right. events ever. And UFC, and correct me if I'm wrong. The four out of the five biggest grossing pay-per-view events have been UFC. And the, the, the biggest one was Mayweather of our lifetime is, is Floyd Mayweather, yeah. and he's not even a heavyweight. It's a paradox, though. As you say, we're getting into a position now where every single sport is looking at safety protocols, yeah. trying to make sure and people should, don't have and long And they should. Which is exactly what they should be doing. And then you've got these other sports that are growing. I mean, Joshua, I mean, he sold out Wembley pretty much. Pay-per-view figures, mm. massive. Mayweather, highest earning sportsman in the world. Do you think that there... I mean... As a moral question, do you think there's a place for boxing in UFC or do you think that it should be banned? How do you feel personally about watching cage fighting? I don't know, to be honest. I, I watch it, I watch it and I like I like it. But then the, the funny thing is I like it when they're hitting each other and not rolling around cuddling. <laughs> but then half of me... Wrestling, I, wrestling. No, but I, half, of me, half of me thinks I shouldn't like this. Yeah. Same with boxing. Like when, when he finished him off the other night... Yeah. It's, it's entertaining, but it's wrong. It's difficult. You know, I, I went to a UFC fight. You're not really the, a demographic, <laughs> are you, Matthew, to be honest? I struggled, Fred, big time. Yeah. You know, I, I've enjoyed boxing all my life. I love the history of the sport. think that it's one of the most iconic sports. It's been really, really important in terms of our culture. And yet when I see two people knocking each other, and that the – I remember going to Bethnal Green once – and there was a guy stretched out of the ring. I was ringside. And then there's a particular sound. You'd have to be ringside, wouldn't you? Yeah. What do you mean? You ain't going to be in the cheap seats, really. <laughs> But you know, you know when you watch, you've been, if you watch boxing live, you know. Yeah. Um, he fighting I've been in one. I've been in one. I've been in one. There's a different sound when you hear a glove fist make contact it's with someone. It's not pleasant when it hits you neither. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then it, it, the, the sweat in the blood sprays onto the ring. So if, you're right, if you're right in a column. Oh, I struggle with it. If you're, right in a column, really if you're right in a column then yeah. and Fury beats Wilder yep. and Joshua then takes on Dillian White on April 13th yep. and avoids one of those two, yep. what's your column saying about Joshua? I'll be exactly Joshua? the same as you. I would, be, I would condemn him for ducking the real challenge. But in one part of my mind, I'll be thinking, you know what? I understand why you want to milk the commercial opportunity while it's there. Yeah. So I'd feel both of those things at the same time. I'm going to give Anthony Joshua the benefit of the doubt here a little bit. I reckon two two reasons he wasn't talking fury. When I said, I don't think he wants to give him any airtime, any exposure. I think he knows that if Tyson Fury beats Wilder, he's got to fight him. Yep. The other thing is, is business. He, he can't stand there. He's got his representative, Eddie Earn. You've got Tyson Fury who's fighting on your channel, BT. BT yeah. So you've got, is it Frank Warren? So you've got these people who are going to have to get in a room yeah. and sort out contractually. Massive. And I, I don't think Anthony Joshua can stand there and say this fight is going to happen. Because we've seen so many times that fights don't happen for that reason. So I'm going to give Anthony Joshua the benefit of the doubt. Funny enough... On the League of the Own, we filmed during early part of the summer. On, we had Klitschko on. Uh-huh. Um, that's an hour I'll never get back. Um, <laughs> but he, he, he what was he like? He's a chess player, isn't he? Do you know what? He, he was. He was strange. Was he? 
Yeah, he was a nice man. Massive. Yeah. Massive man. Massive. Like, he's like a back that you could land a plane on. Yeah. He's like a huge man. And you talk to him, he's he's one of them who's very measured in everything he says. He's he's sensible. Do you know what? We talk about retirement and he's not having it. He's got a book and he's going around the world lecturing. He does this and that. And to me, it seems like someone who still wants to box or he's still got the appetite for it, but trying to some, like just put it yeah. to one side. But he was talking about the two fights he had. He, he spoke about, I asked him, what was it like fight facing Anthony Joshua? And he started telling me, he was saying he still can't believe to this day that he lost that fight. Mm. He thought it was going exactly how he wanted it. He thought he was doing great. He got caught with that uppercut and then that was that. But he still bothers him the fact that he lost. Yeah. He can't understand how he lost that fight. I said, well, what about Tyson Fury? And he said, you know what? From two or three rounds in, I knew I was losing. Wow. But there was nothing I could do. I wasn't bothered. Fury I was, was saying, hang on a minute, he wasn't bothered. He says, no, for some reason, it was like such a strange... Now, I didn't press him on it because he's a big lad. <laughs> and it, it seemed to me that Tyson Fury just did him. Yeah. Did him in the head before the fight. He saw the press conferences when he turned. I asked Batman, him about the Batman. He, he said, yeah. I've seen that before. I said, Well, have you? He, he, right when they had the round table chat, he just couldn't get in Fury's head. And Fury, I think, got in his. And then through the fight, he, just, he said, There was nothing I could do and I wasn't bothered. Well, that sounds to me a man who's resigned that you're beaten. Yeah. As opposed to you're not bothered. Wow. So. Well, it's going to be interesting if they go head to head. Guys, I've loved doing this. Oh, I've missed it. you got to go. I mean, that's why. Go. Go that's a go. sharp ending. Whoa. Oh, I mean, you carry oh. on. You carry Whoa, on. that's a sharp ending. It's getting warmed up. Hey, he's, he's got a speed. I'm not sponsoring him for, for, for five months and now you've wound me up. Wow, well, <laughs> that is the shortest goodbye ever. Next Monday. This taxi's coming in. What, what's going on? He's got a call for it. No, got a call for it. Who for? Am I allowed to say? Not allowed to say. Thank you, guys. Where's wow. it? Black box thinking. You are awesome. Black You're doing schools now. Uh, You're awesome. Got a school strand now. I'll tell you about. I'll tell Don't you let him go. Don't yeah, let him go. No, 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 thank you, guys, and thank you for listening. You can download all the shows we've done to date from the BBC Five Live website and all the usual podcast places. Please use the hashtag Fred to get in touch through the week. If you could leave a review on iTunes and give us a rating, that would be great. We'll be back at the same time next week. But for now, from all of us, goodbye. Flintoff Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. Thank you for downloading the Flintoff Savage and the Ping Pong Guy podcast. If you like what you hear, then why not have a look at what else Five Live podcasts have to offer at bbc.co.uk forward slash Five Live.